Hey everyone and welcome to the Rona Rants. This is podcast number 7. I'm pretty happy because we're reaching close to number 10 and that's one of my milestones. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with all the, the feedback that I got from the last one. I think the format was quite good. And yeah, it's I, I'm just constantly trying to, to reach like a stable idea of what I want for this podcast. So it's going really well. And um, the yeah, the podcast after this one, we will have um, another guest on the show. Um, but yeah, this podcast will be solo. And um, what I wanted to talk about today is something that, that is really important to me, I guess, and I have a lot of experience in, and it's how to be, or how is it being an immigrant, and how to, <laughs> how to be an immigrant? No, how, how is it being an immigrant? Uh, what is the experience like? Because maybe some of you viewers or listeners are, have never left your country, um, besides, you know, for short-term traveling, and you would like to just get some idea of how it is um, to, to live outside. So I've lived outside of Portugal for five years now, almost five years. Um, and three of those years were in Sweden and two of them in, in Germany, Berlin. Uh, so yeah, like I want, I want to talk about like how it is in general being an immigrant and how, like, what are my views on each of these countries, these two countries. Um, and, and yeah, just give my overall opinions on this. So let's get to it. So the first thing, uh, I want to, I want to talk about the good aspects first and then talk a little bit about the bad aspects, um, of, of living outside of your own country. I'm going to put money out of the equation because, you know, if you're, if you're from Portugal, yeah, of course, it's a benefit, you know, moving out, like working in another country, because you're going to get probably going to get more money. But let's assume that, you know, let's be more generalistic in the case you're from a, a wealthier, uh, wealthier country. So good aspects. First of all, um, one of the cool aspects is that you can use English. If you're a fan of, of English in general as a language, if you enjoy using it, it's great because basically now you have a need for it. You need to speak English, right? To survive. You can't just use, you can't rely on your own language. But unless your language has a, a wide span of countries and you're moving to a country where, you know, you're using your language. But here I'm kind of like assuming that you would move to a country where you don't use your language, then you get to use English. I think English is a great language overall. Um, it, it doesn't have these, you know, hierarchical barriers and um, these formality barriers that some languages do, especially Romance languages. Um, so it's quite easy to, to get close to people and to express yourself um, in meaningful ways, like with ease. So I think English, uh, the fact that you can use English is a great benefit, is a great plus a lot of people underestimate. Um, so then another good aspect would be, you know, because you, you come from a certain country, right? And and so you're wired in a way, like you look at, um, you were brought up to think in a certain way for many different things. And of course, you can educate yourself and you can read up on how other countries do things, but it's hard to properly um, understand why and how these new systems work unless you move to another country. 
and it's and it's hard to accept that they actually do work you know like you can maybe read that um i don't know in france they do something very differently from what they do in your country and then you think ah oh, man that must suck there uh, until you move to france and then you see oh wow actually it does work uh, and then you realize wow there are quite a few things in life that um there are many ways to achieve the same results or even better results and um and and i experienced that a lot you know because in portugal there are a lot of things that we do well we do even better than other countries one example is the our atm system is really good so multibank it's uh really practical um you can perform a lot of different things like um charging your phone directly uh you can pay a lot of different bills directly uh through the atm um and there there are a lot of features now i can't think of any but in general our atm system is a lot a lot better than than the one in other countries oh and of course you don't you know you it it um it uh includes a lot of different banks within portugal so you don't you don't have to go to an ATM that is specific to your bank. Maybe because our country is is small and we're, we're not like a federal a federal country, so there's no, you know, differences uh, between states or whatever, but I find that really annoying in Germany, for example. But we'll get more into that later. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of things that in Portugal we do quite well. There are some systems that are much better as well. For example, the the how do you call this in English? The interstate um, the highway, the highway system that we have. So, um, Via Verde, it's like this automatic, um, automatic billing system that, uh, that we have. So you don't have to stop and, and pay, um, fucking hell, my English sucks. You don't have to pay, you don't have to stop and pay, um, the taxes when you're driving. And, um, and it's got a few other benefits, but yeah, it's it's a great system. But there are many things in Portugal that we do really wrongly, you know, like we do really wrong. A lot of things are just not working that well. And um, and so it's interesting to move to another country and see how other countries do certain things, you know, um, to 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 get a more more global approach and right now one example that i can think of is for example in in the in university uh in portuguese universities in general they're very hierarchical so your professor has a lot of power and uh, the idea is kind of like i'm saying this you know my parents are university professors so they might hate me for saying this uh i think i think they're quite uh easy going though but um Basically, the professors have so much power and the mentality is that, okay, I am at the university, I want knowledge, so I'm kind of submissive to my professor and I have to hear whatever they say and if they tell me to fuck off, I have to fuck off, you know, that's kind of like the, the thinking behind a lot of uh, uh, Portuguese universities and I think Southern European universities and the professors have so much power, you know, some of them are really corrupt they're really unfair and they're just assholes in general a lot of professors are like this um and and it feels like if you have a complaint about professor uh it's hard to get things rolling in your favor like to actually get things uh you know to get 
this get some kind of inspection going for this perfect um, on this perfection ah to have someone review this professor and see if what they're doing is fucked up or not um, I get the feeling that that's much harder in Portugal than it is in other countries so uh, for example in Sweden because I studied there uh, the mentality is very different so while in in Portugal there's kind of like this submissive mentality towards the professors in in Sweden it's very flat it's a very flat hierarchy so of course you know you you meet a professor and of course you have some respect for them because they are you know the professionals there uh, and they're very knowledgeable but there's there isn't like this power thirst um, and and it's more like they're working for you you know you you um, so I believe the universities are mostly free um, they're paid from your taxes and in Portugal they're almost they're okay no they're not I can't say they're free you have to pay um, annual fees or, or semester fees um, but they're not that bad uh, yeah in Sweden it's mostly free and the the thing is like it feels like the professors are working for you you know in a way, so the power, the power dynamic is different. It's more like it feels like the students have more power there. And of course, some students are assholes um, and abuse it. But I, I think in general, it's a lot better. And it's more balanced. And it doesn't feel like you're begging your teacher, you know, to, to help you. Um, and in general, it just, it's so much better for learning. You know, I felt like in Sweden, I could go to professors and easily talk to them and learn. In Portugal, I could with some, but in general, like going up to a professor's office and asking them questions, like they would not treat you well, you know, at least in my university, which was technical. Um, and it changes everything, really, like these small details, they, they change a lot of things. And yeah, so that's one example. Um, I can maybe think of a, a few more, but I wanted to talk of, about some other stuff first. But yeah, so you can find like small subsystems within different countries that that are better than other countries, you know, and it's interesting to learn about them so that later you can kind of like maybe advocate for a change within your own country. If you if you plan to move back to your own country, right? Um, so. So that's one thing. And then in general, you know, when you're. If you're always in the you're always living in the same spot like i said you can always educate yourself and read a lot about different cultures and and you know find friends uh, oh, i'm sorry about the fucking bottle opener noise i keep forgetting about that um you can always you know meet people online and and talk some shit and get to know like their you know how they how they live and uh what they do and how they think and so on. You can always do this. Like it's completely fine. I've done it when I was a when I was a kid. You know, some of my friends I, I met through playing games online. You can totally do it, and you can learn a lot. But I think that, uh, of course, if you move abroad, you're much more exposed, and you will learn about cultures that you didn't even think about looking up. You know. I learned a lot about, you know, let's say, for example, Syria. I didn't know anything about Syria before. And I made some, I made two Syrian friends and they told me about the war and they told me how it was to be like a refugee. And they told me 
all the stuff they went through and it was really enlightening you know if you i think it's very enlightening because you you see things from a different perspective you know um especially when you become friends with the with, with uh people that are coming from such a, a, a precarious situation uh that's just one example you can you know you can meet people from all walks of life um that you wouldn't even think about you wouldn't think about them you know if you're on google of course you can look up a certain culture but you're not like getting exposed to random cultures that you didn't think about and and so because of this and because you make you become friends with people and you get to experience different types of food and and hear different types of ideas and and conflicting um conflicting opinions on things that you thought were like universal uh like it really opens your mind and it it either strengthens your previous ideas or it puts in it puts some ideas that you have into question and then you kind of improve yourself in that in that sense so that's awesome like that's one of the best parts of being uh, an immigrant but especially the food like learning about different types of food like i the other day i had poutine for example the the french um it's like fries with some gravy on top and whatever i had heard about it before but i i would have never tried it if i was just in portugal probably and uh and now i just went randomly out in berlin and i found them and it's fucking lit it's fucking lit bro it's really good and i, I had some some weird like peanut peanut uh chips uh from israel called bamba they're also really worth it uh yeah and a bit like another another point which people underestimate as well is you get to to meet very different looking uh attractive people right i mean it is a benefit of of moving abroad you uh for me like of course meeting girls that are you know they look different and uh and they're also attractive i mean i'm of course portuguese girls are also attractive but it's different you know like portugal is not very mixed as a country so you always get a certain type of of person more or less and if you move abroad you you get exposed to many different types and it's just it's interesting let's say let's put it like that it's interesting but now we also we should talk about the bad aspects so of course i think overall um the you know the pros if you balance the pros and cons it's really worth uh being an immigrant at least for some years uh even if you plan to stay the mo most of the majority of your life in your home country i think being an immigrant for at least one or two years is definitely worth it like it really improves your your life in general and it improves your your um it improves your perspective on your own country like you gain insight on your own country as well but let's talk about the bad aspects so one of the biggest bad uh one of the worst aspects of being an immigrant is that you basically feel like an alien for a really long time and I, this is inevitable um i think it takes quite a few years of living in a certain country for you to stop feeling like an alien because one of the the most important things that you need to do is you need to learn the local language you know even if english is um highly used in the area which you're living in in the uh, i can't i can't speak anymore like even if english is widely used wherever you're living you will never feel truly included until you've learned the language 
and not just learned the language until you've like completely mastered the language. It's super important. Um, and, uh, and, and that's in a way it's super annoying. Actually, it's annoying to, to have to do that, but you know, you can't be spoiled at the same time. You, you decided to move to another country. So that's kind of the, the rule that you need to apply. And it would be annoying as well. If, for example, people come to Portugal and they expect something from us, from our country, and they don't even put the effort into to learning Portuguese. It's annoying. I get that. It's annoying. So it's annoying for both sides. Like you, you do need to learn the language of the country that you're moving to. Um, but the thing is, yeah, it takes time and it's a huge hobby. Like learning a language is not easy. People think that it's, it won't take that long. You know, if you hear like, oh, this person has been in, in, in France for three years and they still don't speak French. I mean, it's hard, dude. It's hard. Like some people are, are more efficient at learning languages for sure, but it's hard because it's hard to find the time to learn the language and it's hard to find the motivation to consistently uh, work on the language, you know, because it's a huge hobby that takes up time. And if you're working, you know, you're working in a different country. It's not your country. Um, you don't feel comfortable, you know, and don't feel 100% comfortable in that country. You want to explore stuff. You want to try some hobbies. You want to meet people. And then you have this this weight on you that you have to learn this language. It's hard. It's hard. It's not as easy as people think it is to learn the language. And it's not just because you're exposing yourself to um, to people speaking it that you're going to speak it better. It does help. It, it helps in the in the language acquisition thing. But it doesn't mean that you're going to learn it super fast. So that's this is important to keep in mind. That's it's quite annoying that aspect of of moving to another country. Um, so yeah, it's it and also of course I think like even if you speak the language fluently, um, so you can make yourself understood and you can understand everyone. It it's still not your culture, you know. Like it will take a t- it will take some time until you feel like it's your culture. Maybe five years, maybe ten years. You know, um, you still have your roots and there's still a lot of things that you think, like you think in certain ways that maybe don't apply to the, the country that you're in. And and maybe there's certain approaches or, or ways of behaving that um, that you're used to that you don't see in this country. And um, and it's hard to get over that. So it takes time. So, yeah, you can still feel like an alien, even if you're you're fluent. Then another problem is, um, and this is also not that uh, discussed that much, but it's um, so in the beginning you come to the to the country, you don't speak the language, so you essentially fall. Uh, you, you need to find friends, right? So you um, you look for people who speak English, right, or they speak your language. So what usually happens is you fall into this bubble of of of, of expats where you just meet expats. You just meet people who, who don't speak the language, or they they mostly speak English, and so, yeah, you you you, you kind of create this small ecosystem of of people who are immigrants within a certain country, and you know, of course, over time you can learn the language and, and make friends from that country, but it's really hard to get out of that bubble. You know, the the expat bubble, 
and to properly assimilate within a country. Uh, and, uh, and of course, that, that kind of pulls you back from learning the language. And it's just like, it's kind of like the choice of, do you want to be comfortable or do you want to adapt? You know, it's, it's a hard balance. Um, and then, and then I would say like the, the worst aspect from living abroad is that, um, if you're very close to family or if you're close to your friends back home, for me, it's mostly about being close to family. Um, what happens is that when you're very far from family, uh, you become very friend, friend dependent, you know, or it's, it's hard to find, to fight loneliness in a way. Like you find other mechanisms to, to compensate for that, um, that void that you have. Of course, you're always talking to your parents and you, you have Skypes and so on and they help a lot, but it's not really the same. You know, you don't, you don't have that shot. Like sometimes all I need is like a weekend, you know, at my parents' place or, or with my brother, um, just to get that shot of familiarity and, and to see my, see them and interact with them. And then I, I just feel like you feel safer, you know, you feel safe and you feel, uh, you feel better. And you don't have that when you're living abroad. And maybe some people don't relate to this. Um, I get that. If you're not very family focused, that's fine. But maybe with your friends, you know, you miss your friends from back home. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. But in general, I wanted to say like, every country has good and bad sides, of course, and you basically need to pick the one that has, you know, the most bad sides or the most tolerable bad sides, or sorry, you need to tolerate the bad sides, essentially, and, and enjoy the good sides. And uh, right now I was talking about in general, like the good aspects and bad aspects of being an immigrant. And um, I fucking need some water. And I would say overall, it's worth being an immigrant. Um, but I wanted to talk about specifically, you know, like Sweden and Germany, because I think some people might be interested in knowing a little bit more about the, these two countries. And um, yeah, just I want to talk about my perspective, the good sides and bad sides. Uh, and I hope my listeners won't get offended. I, I really don't mean any harm. And I just want to say it from my perspective, like what I think about these two places, specifically Berlin. I don't want to talk about Germany in general because Berlin is very different from the rest of the country. Um, but yeah, let's go. Let's go with Sweden first. So what are the good sides of Sweden? Um, so, of course, everyone speaks English. This is it's insane. Like even old ladies speak English and everyone can understand you. Uh, even if you're not in Stockholm, like I was in Gothenburg, the second biggest city. And you can be in small cities and everyone speaks English, you know. So that's really cool. Um, another thing is like how, how in general, they're very open-minded and or sorry, um, I need to be specific here. They're open-minded to or very forward thinking. So they they... They try to look at a lot of social problems and they try to update the way they think about things and they try to be better in general or more acceptant or more tolerant towards people. And uh, I think it, in general, that's like, I really respect that about Sweden uh, overall. And they have also a very humanitarian way of looking at the world. You know, they they care a lot about the environment. They care about uh creating sustainable measures for things um 
and 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 this is not just the government you know i'm talking about the people in general like the whole culture like they they care about uh creating sustainable things um they care about the planet overall and they care about i think they care about um social issues overall and i i i really respect that about sweden in general um then of course <laughs> of course i mean it's important to talk about you know fuck it like it's true people are really attractive there um so that's definitely a plus as well uh both guys and girls are are really good looking overall like the of course you can find really good looking people everywhere but i would say the average or the ratio of of p of of good looks is really high there for some reason i, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're eating or, or or what it is there, but um, yeah, I guess it's like people dress really well there, and they they care a lot about about looks in general. So um, yeah, people in general are quite attractive there, uh, and I don't even mean you know like ethnically Swedish people, so blonde and blue eyes and whatever. Like in in general, people in Sweden, um, whatever your your background culture is like they just i don't know they just look better i think clothes really really impact that um and then the the thing that i probably appreciate the most about sweden and one of the reasons why i went there was that they're very efficient like they have a very efficient culture in my opinion and they always try to improve themselves in many different um things this is something that i that I really don't like about Portugal, for example. Like, I feel like we're really inefficient and we don't improve ourselves in things. But, you know, I, I'm not going to criticize Portugal too much. Like, there's, we have some huge infrastructure problems. Um, I think we've, if we had, I don't want to get into this that much, but I think if we had better governmental plans than at some point we would be like this as well but in general i'm just looking at what's right now and they're really efficient you know like when you think of uh german efficiency actually i would say swedish swedish people are more efficient if you think about it like it's it's a country that's much less populated than germany and and yet they've managed to achieve many many things um which are really impressive both both in industry and like in many like athletics and other music and other things like they're they're very efficient they're very efficient they're very i don't like to use the word talented but they perform really well i think and i think it's because they they are really good at introspection and and in improving what they currently have and it's cool i wanted to try to learn more about that um when i moved there uh but yeah it's it's really interesting to see and i definitely recommend people go there just to get an idea of how they work as a society um, but now Sweden's bad sides, <laughs> and uh, I hope people don't hate me for this. But yeah, you can fuck off as well if you don't like what I say. Um, yeah, Sweden's bad sides. I would say Sweden is, mm, yeah, it's a bit shallow as a country. Like, um, you remember the beauty thing I said? I I personally felt like when I was there. Um, there's kind of like a standard that you need to meet there in terms of, of of appearance and i don't mean like your physical 
I don't mean like your genetic appearance. I mean like in general appearance. There's like some kind of high standards there, uh, at least in Gothenburg. And I think in Stockholm, it's even worse. But yeah, it's I feel I felt like the society was a bit shallow and, and too focused on beauty. Um, you kind of saw that in like advertisements and like the the way they try to push the gym and so on. Like I didn't feel it was more it wasn't very about it wasn't so much about health it was more like the the pushing the gym it felt like it was more about aesthetics and it, it can be a bit overwhelming a bit annoying um then the biggest flaw that everyone complains about is it's really hard to socialize there it's just not very natural so i have some swedish friends some really close uh, swedish friends but i wouldn't say that they're very typical swedish people like they're very atypical um in general, it's quite hard to socialize with them. Like, the idea is that uh, they have a a very a very rough shell, like very hard shell. And if you can break through that shell, then the inside is soft. So like, it takes some time to become friends with Swedes. But then when you become friends with them, they're very very close to you and they're very nice. And this is true. But think about it. Like, if everyone you meet is like this it's a bit frustrating like every social interaction just doesn't feel like you can like things will um happen spontaneously like you will spontaneously really click with someone and uh and and get really close to them so for example there's one syndrome uh which i which i i claimed this name by the way uh, i called it the reset syndrome and it's something that a lot of uh foreigners experienced in sweden which was um let's say that you 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 go to class in university and then there's like some kind of small get together like some some small party where people in your class meet and you have some drinks or whatever it's very common that people would meet some swedish people they would get along really well they would drink together they would talk a lot they would get really deep like really connect a lot and then the next day they meet the person it's like nothing happened they just say hi and that's it and this is, I call this reset syndrome, reset syndrome, and it happens a lot in Sweden. I don't know why this happens. It's really weird and people get so confused. Like what? We, we got along so well yesterday and, and now nothing happened. Uh, and I, I don't know the reason behind that, but it does happen. Uh, so yeah, it can be very frustrating. And that's why a lot of people end up just sticking around, sticking around the expats. Um, Another bad point is the weather, of course, but you know what you're getting into when you go to Sweden. Um, another bad point, and this one is a bit controversial, but I, I think it's worth it's worth mentioning, um, is that any conservative view in Sweden is demonized. And I think it's really important to talk about this, because especially because I feel like Swedish people themselves are scared of saying this. Um, so I'm personally I'm more I'm uh I'm more of a left person in general. I tend to be more of a lefty. Uh so you know, you can you if you're on the left side of the spectrum, you will adapt well to Sweden, but it, it frustrated me a lot because it felt like there is some sort of censorship in Sweden. Like it feels like you can't say some things or you'll be branded as a as as a racist sometimes or branded as a, a, a bigot or um, it's very easy for someone to judge you for your views there and it's frustrating because it feels like um, 
I think this kind of censorship hurts the country. Uh, it hurts. It's oh shit, that's the fast food. I guess my my flat might order flat uh, fast food. Uh, yeah, it's very easy to um, to kind of censor someone there, and it, it's bad because if you don't, if you keep doing this to people, you're not going to have a healthy discussion, and um, and and things get worse. And so one of the biggest topics is immigration, right? Immigration there, and I think it's worth discussing. And I think it's it's fine that some people have a more conservative approach to this. Um, maybe to to open less doors and focus on integration of, of people rather than opening the doors to everyone and accepting as many immigrants as you can. It's a it's a there's many opinions that can be worth taking into consideration, but I think I feel like in particularly in Sweden, it feels like you can't say certain things or, or, or give opinions on certain things. And I, I I didn't like that when I was there. Um but overall, I would say Sweden Sweden is a very interesting country, and I would definitely recommend that you go there. And of course, I only lived in Gothenburg, so I'm not I can't judge the whole country. This is just my perspective of living in one city, and it was my perspective as a student. Um, but uh, but yeah, oh, fuck, I've talked a lot about this. Um, I think it would be also interesting to talk about Berlin. So like the good sides and bad sides of Berlin. Um, I've got a, a few points to talk about. So like one of the reasons why um, I, I felt like I felt like Sweden was a cool country. I personally didn't adapt there that well, um, but I felt like it was a really interesting experience overall. And so one of the reasons why I moved to Berlin after was because I was kind of seeking something. I was looking for something that berlin had that sweden didn't have and that was like they so berlin has a very open society in a way so it's it's you can basically express yourself however you want and it doesn't feel like you're judged that much here so this is both in terms of looks and ideas it just feels like you're not judged and uh, you can see it when you walk down the street you know like people don't really care you can see all you can see all kinds of styles like um, tat- uh, tattoos everywhere, piercings, uh, crazy hairstyles, uh, dressing like a homeless person, dressing like a goth, an emo, um, like a rave person. Uh, you can be super fancy. You can be whatever you, you want, really. Uh, and that's it's quite interesting. Um, then, of course, the weather's not as bad. It's quite moderate. And uh, And one of the biggest things, just a second, it's a it's a huge melting pot of cultures, you know. So when you come here, it's um, specifically Berlin. Like you get people from everywhere, fucking everywhere. Like U.S., Israel, um, uh, many African countries. You got a lot of South American countries. You got um, Japan, China, uh, Australia. A lot of Americans in general. British. Um, yeah, it's just very mixed. Berlin attracts a lot of, of people from all all areas in the world. And uh, and that's super cool, of course, because then you have access to random food, you know? That's, uh, that's what I do. Like, my weekends now is basically going out and exploring and trying to get different types of food. And then, of course, English is spoken quite a lot. And that's awesome. 
it helps you kind of smooth into the harsh German society. Uh, and, you know, in the other benefits are kind of similar to, to Sweden. Um, they are, they have a really good social system. Uh, you basically feel safe all the time. And, um, and, um, yeah, I kind of wanted to distinguish uh, between them a little bit more though. Or I wanted to dis- um, to separate them a little bit. I would say like Germany is interesting in terms of industry. I would say like when you're working here, it's it's different from from the Swedish approach. Like I think Germans end up being efficient or end up producing good results because they're uh, very organized. They're very organized and they're very uh, nitpicky and detailed. While in Sweden, it's more like they're they're proper efficient. They they know how to manage their time properly. Um, but in Germany, it's more about like hard organization, you know, and structure. It's kind of interesting. But uh, let's talk about the bad sides. So the bad sides of Berlin, of course, um, <laughs> everyone seems to have fucking mental issues here uh really like i I didn't expect it so much from berlin when i came here but yeah it's just everyone it, it, it seems like everyone has an issue um like the dating life is weird here uh, i've heard this from many other people uh dating life is weird uh meeting people is strange in general there's a lot of flaky people um you know there's quite a lot of drug abuse here uh, there are really weird things here, like a lot of sexually promiscuous places here. So, for example, one <clears throat> there's one uh, there's one techno club called Kit Kat, and Kit Kat is essentially like you need to go there in in some kind of fetish outfits. So it can be like full leather or or stuff like this, um, very spicy outfits. And the idea is, yeah, you can go and dance and most people are dancing. But, you know, there's this 20% that is just having sex there, like literally just having sex. So you can be like dancing and then there's like an orgy to your left or a gangbang to your right, you know. And I've heard many stories from different people. I I personally haven't gone there. I don't have any interest in doing it so far. Um, But, yeah, there's... A lot, lots of crazy things, and it's that's not the only club. There's many things I, I've heard. Like some friends of mine, um, they went to a bar, and like people were. Uh, so actually, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, they they went to a bar, and uh, some people were looking at them. Actually, most of the people at the bar were looking at them, and it was a mixed group of girls and guys. They were looking at them and smiling, and they're coming over and saying, "Hi, how's it going?" all good but in a creepy way you know like they're touching them oh, all good all good how's it going uh it turns out that bar is an incest bar uh so families go there <laughs> to have like incest and to and to um, exchange like swap they had no idea they just figured it out later so it was kind of awkward yeah and then another bad part of berlin is um how uh oh wait i want to say one good side there's one good thing which is things are super strange here like very random you can find like really crazy things so it's super it can be really good and it can be really bad then uh primitive technology this is one of the worst sides of berlin like 
it's so uh it's so primitive here like internet sucks uh the phone phone uh phone services suck um just in general everything is done on paper and pen and they just don't implement technology at all like at all and i think it's a privacy thing like it's like a, a privacy paranoia here um but it's it's fucking it's frustrating uh then of course you know you have some neo-nazis still around like my area shunavida that there are some nazis here um which is a bit disturbing to say the least and uh yeah in general there's there's a huge cultural difference between germans and, and swedish when it comes to personal behavior right so swedes are often shy and, and distant uh, socially and germans are really direct like they're not as direct as the dutch but they can be really direct and sometimes a bit annoying you know in public like i've had situations that were super weird where you know someone's yelling at me for something small you know like i'm walking one time we were we were just talking about this actually we were a group of three we we're walking down the sidewalk and we were just discussing this how germans can be sometimes annoying like obnoxious and complaining all the time and we're walking down the sidewalk and there's plenty of space you know to overtake us or to pass us um on the side and this German woman, she just comes up behind us and said, and, and yells like, "Can I pass through?" And like, what the fuck? <laughs> and this kind of situation, it, it can definitely happen a lot. And uh, yeah, like in general, just the drug situation and some situations here are weird. You know, you you have people, you have people that are super high and like fucked up in the metro. Um, they just don't look good and and you have really weird situations like they're yelling all the time i have this rent this crazy woman in our neighborhood she's every morning she's yelling you know like i'm i'm working and she's walking around and she's yelling some random stuff it's super weird it's it's really really weird um yeah it's but in general i just wanted to say that you know these I, i've talked about this for far too long more than i wanted to but i think it would be interesting for you guys to kind of get an, an idea of how it is to, to live in other countries and if you have any interest in these two particular countries is also cool um would i recommend moving out of your country definitely find somewhere where you know like try to study like what the, what are the potential bad sides of the countries that you you want to go to um beforehand so you have like a better idea and uh, yeah, definitely give it give it a shot. If you want to try Sweden and Germany, I recommend both countries. And um, and let me know if you have more questions. If you have something you want to know, let me know. Um, before I end this podcast, because it's it's been quite a while now, I was talking about the same topic. Usually, I like to jump you know between topics, but um, I thought this one was really important to tackle. Um, I wanted to address a hypothetical situation which I was, I was talking to some friends about. And the situation is this. Um, I think everyone has kind of thought about this in, at some point. If you had the power to listen to people's thoughts um, and you can turn them on and off, would you take this power or would you reject it? Right? So if you had the, the offer, someone offered you to have this power, would you take it or would you not take it? And to some people, I think the answer is very obvious. They would just say immediately yes, because it's something, it's a way to acquire information. 
uh, that you don't have. So what, a, like, it's just a matter of controlling yourself and you can, and you can gain a lot from it. Um, I just want to explore the two sides and, and kind of like see if I have an opinion on this. I'm still not 100% sure, but, uh, but let's look at it, right? So if I say yes, I can, I can listen to someone's thoughts. I can understand better how they feel. So it's definitely a double-edged sword in a way. Like I can, or yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword, which we will talk about later. But right now, I just want to say that there are a lot of pros to listening to people's thoughts um, and it can be used for good or for bad, right? So, um, I mean, a lot of socializing is you, you try to understand how the person's feeling, you give your opinions on, on topics and you hear through their words or see through their body language how they think about something. You can kind of gauge whether a person is lying or not. Um, and um, and so that's how you interact with people. You're constantly giving your opinions. You're hearing their opinions. You're looking at the way they their body moves um, and how they express themselves. And you kind of paint a picture for the person and how they feel. And that's kind of how you dance around things, right? So if you had like this... So in a way, we are always trying to get information about the person, like how they, they're thinking. But we're never sure. There's always uncertainty. If you have a device that lets you listen to what people think, then you would know, okay, this is what this person thinks. Um, so I would know whether or not they're lying, right? I can adapt my style of conversation to that. Um, I can also get to know how they feel. So I can help them uh, get over some things or I can say the right things to calm them down or I can, you know, I can benefit from it too, you know. It's, it can definitely be explored, you know. You can definitely manipulate this. For example, in dating, if you know what the other person is thinking, you can, e like, you'll have an easy time. You can easily, you know, change your behavior to, to make the person feel better about themselves and to improve your uh, relationship or to improve your whatever it is. So it can... It can be used for good um, and it can definitely bring you a lot of benefits. Uh, I mean, you can gain so much from this. Uh, also in business, especially in business, it would help you a lot to listen to people's uh, thoughts. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like a great tool to have. But I think the, in my opinion, I, I was thinking about this a little bit before the podcast. And I think it's, it's kind of like opening a Pandora's box. Because you, as soon as you open it, you realize, okay, there's no more uncertainty. I, I can no longer send my opinions and not care about what the other person is going to feel. You know, it's, if you, I think it, it's a power that would very easily corrupt you. And once you start using it, you would always check it for feedback. You know, you would always, you'd say something and you'd try to see what the other person thinks. And I think in doing this, you would eventually either, you would become corrupt in one way or, or the other, which is you would try to manipulate the person to think the way that you want them to think, or you would change your behavior to adapt to the way they think. And so I think it would fuck you up because you would either become 
a people pleaser, uh, like completely change your personality to become more people pleasing or to become more, more manipulative of other people. But then the question is, I mean, some people already have quite a natural talent in, in, in understanding how people feel and they're very good at picking up body language signal signs. So in general, you can, some people almost can read minds in a way. Um, are they manipulating people? Aren't we all kind of manipulating in a way? Aren't we all kind of trying to people please? Yeah, I would say yes. But having a device that like gives you this guarantee that you can do this, I think it would definitely ruin any social dynamic that you have. And it would just make things very artificial. I think you would become bitter as well. Like you would learn that there are a lot of small lies that people tell, or maybe there are big lies. And you would just not be able to live a life where you minimize what you care about other people's opinions. You, know, uh, you wouldn't be able to minimize the caring about other people's opinions. Um, or it would be much harder, I would say. Um, because you always have this option of, of listening to what people think. So would I accept it? Part of me wants to say yes, because it would be very practical to have this. Um, but I, I think in general, I would say no. It would be it would be cool to have it, um, to have the, the option if I could just use it like maybe in a business situation or in very specific situations. But if I have absolute power, I don't know. I think it would corrupt me. It would definitely ruin me as a person. Um, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, it's. I think it would be scary. Like I can see a lot of situations where it's kind of like you want to know the truth, but at the same time, you don't. And you kind of just want to hope that the person's feeling the way that you feel. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it's food for a thought, though. I, I feel like I still need to think about this more, but that's my current opinion. And if you guys have any comments or have, you know, any other perspectives, I would love to hear it, especially about this topic, because I feel like it's it's a touchy it's a hard topic and I think some pe for some people it's obvious like yeah absolutely um, and, and they won't change their minds on this because I actually asked some people um, before uh, but I just I don't think it's that straightforward this question it seems like it is straightforward but I'm not sure if it is so if you have any opinions let me know uh, if you have any opinions or questions about the immigrant topic also let me know in the comments section or just write to me that's fine uh, if you have anything you want me to talk about or comment on, also let me know. Next podcast, we will have a guest, a very interesting guest. I won't spoil right now, but uh, we will. it will be a lot to talk about. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I will talk to you guys soon. Have a lovely rest of the weekend. Uh, goodbye.